0: The big lesson that I've learned over time is that I am enough. I mean, I'm enough as an actor. And more importantly,
1: I'm enough as a human being. That's Charles Hubble, and I'm Lee Foster. You're listening to Action, a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of acting excellence. When I first started acting, I was in Minneapolis, and I was taking an acting class and I asked the teacher one night after class, who's the most successful actor in the Twin Cities? And she said, Charles Hubble. Everyone in the Twin Cities knows who Charles Hubble is. He's had an extensive career, long lasting in many facets of the industry, voiceover, theater, commercials, TV and film. And so that night I found his email address and I emailed him asking if I could go out to coffee with him buy him a cup of coffee and pick his brain. So we did that and he sat with me for an hour and a half told me everything I needed to know. It probably saved me six months of time trying to figure it out on my own. I just walked away thinking that guy is a testament to the fact that nice guys finish first. I thought that's the kind of actor that I want to be. And since then, I have helped countless people who are interested in getting into acting, all sorts of things like that. Any advice I can give, I I take the time and I do it just because uh, he did it for me and I pass it on to other people. So this conversation I had with him about a year and a half ago, and we just go into great depths on a multitude of different topics on acting, so I hope you enjoy. So let's start by you telling us
2: how you got into acting in the first place.
0: Absolutely, um, I got into acting in the first place when um, when my uncle Brad would uh, would plan little vaudeville sketches with me to entertain our family, and uh, he would we would sing, we would dance, we would tell jokes, and that was at, that was done at family gatherings. And that, that really, that really showed me that I could do it. Uh, I suppose like everybody's got that story when they were kids and they would entertain the family, uh, most of us anyway. And well, that was me. So then it just went on into, um, instead of following sports sort of thing, I would do theater things. I went to summer camps for theater. I, um, uh, I would do, I would do theater things at school. My, my grandfather uh, was really my hero growing up. I wanted to be I wanted to be like him. He had done vaudeville uh in the early days back in um uh back in New York um and he had worked with people like Ed Wynn um before Ed started uh, doing a lot of TV and um and and then my my grandfather whose name is Wayne Murphy uh started a costume company called Norcosco Costume. And that was uh, mostly here in Minnesota. He did that with some other partners and, uh, they, they had a few branches around the country, but he became a costumer, uh, as a business to, um, to support his family, but he was also an actor. And, uh, I, I would see him do that. He was, uh, it was much better costumer, <laughs> but he would, he was an, an MC and a host and a costume designer and, a, um, and he would, uh, he would do costuming for several theaters, including Old Log Theater.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But it really was doing theater uh, in school. And theater. Then, when I got out of when I graduated from university uh, in Minnesota, I went to theater in Minneapolis, just uh, learning my craft on the streets. I didn't go to school for acting. Um. So all my learning about acting happened on gigs, on jobs, uh, on just doing it. I took, uh, I took very little classes over the years. So
2: I also did not go to, to school for theater and I'm, I noticed that I have a issue with the fact that I don't have a theater career. I don't have a um, theater degree. I sort of feel insecure about that. Um, well,
0: I don't really think you should. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's a theoretical discussion as to whether or not you really need theater to um, to act in film or TV or you know to act at all. Um, and I think, I think, and I think we'll we'll bring this up throughout our conversation um, is that you have to you have to be Lee Foster. I have to be Charles Hubble. And the way that we the way that we handle ourselves as human beings, as art, artistic human beings, that's the best way that we can be. So it's not, it can't be, and it it really shouldn't be, about looking back and regretting some missing piece of our backgrounds, mm-hmm. uh, some some misstep, some some misdirection. I I do have a lot of background in theater. I have talked to casting directors in LA and also, and producers here in Minneapolis who, who respect the theatrical background, because what it does is it shows if they can look on your resume and they can see a bunch of theater, it shows that you have done some work. You have shown up, uh, you know, each day of the performance, you showed up for rehearsal, you worked on your character specifically, you spent time memorizing lines, You spent time taking direction and you spent time, uh, telling a story. And that's, that's all the film people or TV people or commercial people want you to do. So if you, I mean, if you have theater, then, uh, then it shows, it shows a certain background that, okay, he can do it. I don't have to explain the basics to him. Now, getting back to what I was saying earlier, if you don't have that theater background, and you still show up and you do your job, the theater background doesn't really matter. The theater education or degree doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. because that's, and that's a really difficult thing in our, in our, uh, in our career, because, you know, I'll, I'll do a film with a bunch of English guys and they all went through school and I'm the American guy who didn't go to school and we're in the same film. We're attacking things the same way. All in all, Nobody's really better than anybody else. And uh, I'm not, I I think in our career, everything, it sort of equalizes across Mm -hmm. the board. And what really matters is how you show up on camera. Mm -hmm. So what have you done then about this feeling remiss about your lacking theater? I've been, I, I started,
2: I quit my job and went into this trying to do it with everything I had about two and a half years ago. And since then I have basically been in class nonstop and granted that's not, um, you know, that's not all day, five days a week, like, um, like college, but nonetheless, I mean, I've been in class and, and it's sort of like the thing where you have the, um, like the older person who decides to finally go back to college because they never went and they try their ass off because they're older and they're more mature and they, they want it, want it so bad. And it's sort of easy to like breeze, breeze through college, I think for people when they're 21. And so, um, what I've noticed is that, um, I've met a lot of people who do have theater degrees and, um, some of them are, are extremely motivated, but many of them aren't. And they, they didn't really take it that seriously. And they, um, yeah, they it, it definitely doesn't mean that they're better they're better actors either. I mean, they can be right. if they utilize the time, but I think many of many many people don't. And so I've been um I've been putting myself essentially through sort of like a, a I don't know, I guess it's my own program that I've come up with, my own curriculum, um much of it is I mean, it's scattered from commercial classes to auditioning for tv classes to
0: voiceover improv um all all that stuff so i think it's a great idea i just think that there are people with healthy careers that have never done theater and you've got to do what's right for you i mean if you feel if you feel a longing and a a calling as it were to go do some theater uh you should Mm
3: -hmm. if you
0: think that that would make you if you think that would make you happy if you think that you would uh it would make you stretch if it would challenge you then then you really should and and everybody listening uh you know they should too but there are other people that just don't have that desire and they will find their own path and their own career never having done theater they will present to producers uh their own product it's more that's more of the la actor uh who doesn't yeah. see any relevance to theater Sure. And LA is a place where theater is not taken as seriously as other places, but Chicago, Minneapolis, New York, uh, Boston, I think you'll find that theater is, it has more respect.
2: Right. Definitely. Than in, than in LA. Yeah. And you, um, you work in LA quite a bit. You, your home is in Minnesota.
0: Yeah. My home is in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's where I'm talking to you from here. And I have, uh, I've shot um, for feature films in LA. I have auditioned in LA. Um, I have attended classes in LA, um, and the uh, and eventually, when I worked in Europe, that was with a company out of San Diego. So I, I lived in LA for uh, a little under a year, but I was doing so much work back in Minnesota that I I just um, I decided to come back here and follow that up. That's that's where all for me was coming from was Minnesota.
2: Sure.
0: Sure. So I came. I came back here to follow that, and right. I've been here ever since.
2: So can you take us through sort of a um, a history of your career, your film and TV acting career? Uh, maybe what are the what are the milestones along the way? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, there was a absolutely a progression that happened when uh, when I finally started doing. Um, commercials and voiceovers, what I really wanted to do was film and TV. And I started by um, by doing goofy things with my friends. So the, the first milestone is starting. The first mile, milestone is creating my own thing uh, just for fun and joking around with some guys and and, so, and many of those guys that I did some comedy films with, just comedy videos that we would edit ourselves and I would actually edit. Uh, We then became a sketch comedy show and we did a sketch comedy, had a sketch comedy group for about 12 years. And that was a multimedia show with um, with video sketches. And then we would uh, change our clothes while the video was playing. And then we'd come out and do a live sketch. And that was very cool. We did that for about 12 years. But during that time, I was also doing uh, student films and uh, other films that weren't student, but they weren't paying. and I think another milestone came where it was a few years and I decided, you know what, I'm I think I'm I think I'm not gonna do any student films anymore. And these were student films in, in Minneapolis. I've never done mm-hmm. one in LA. Uh where I said, Nope, um, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna do that for free and in fact I, I need to get paid something.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I decided to um I decided that I would do that. So um there were a lot of independent films, short films, feature length films uh, there's films I've been in that have never, uh, never been completed. Uh, producers dumped out on them. Um, and then, uh, and then there was, I think, um, around 2009, 2000, yeah, 2008, 2009, 2010, I got great opportunities, another milestone to, um, to go out to Europe. And I shot, uh, a movie called, uh, walking with the enemy. And that, uh, that was with a company out of San Diego. And that was the biggest movie I'd ever done. Uh, it finally premiered, uh, just this end of last year. I finally saw it in Palm Springs, uh, last month. And so it's finally out now. Uh, it's starring Jonas Armstrong and Sir Ben Kingsley, um, Ralph Brown, Shane Taylor, a number of, uh, a number of really great people. But it was just this, this independent company, these guys who, um, with their own money, they took us all over to um to uh, Bucharest, Romania and shot this World War II film. I played a, a Nazi officer named uh, Adolf Eichmann, a rather nasty guy um, and while I was shooting that, I was shooting with another producer um who took us all to Italy to shoot sort of a um uh an art murder mystery sort of a thing, and uh, there's hopefully by the end of this year that'll finally be together uh and finished so really the progression was going from student films to independent films to always saying yes always making time uh always sacrificing uh whatever i could just to be in film and, and build that reputation and build that knowledge base and exercise my skills really Sure. And then take the plunge, take the plunge, take the gamble, you know, run out to LA, do an audition, figure that, well, I'll never see that again. And then, uh, and then I heard from them seven months later and with a message that said, can you be in London in two weeks? And so I said, yes, I can. So I did. Um, and so now, uh, now it's creating, um, now it's trying to create content. It's trying to, I'm trying to be involved in TV pilots. I'm trying to do webisodes. I'm trying to do um, more film. And uh, hopefully hopefully, this walking with the enemy will open some doors.
2: Yes. You mean creating, uh, being uh, on the production side of things or just being a part of things from the, from the ground up?
0: I think of being a part of things from the ground up. So there are a few properties that I'm working on with some people where I'm a producer and a collaborator of ideas, I'm I'm not a writer, I've found.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh and that's difficult because in in this age as actors, we need to be we can't really be actors anymore. Uh we have to be content creators. And mm-hmm. I have a problem writing. Um so I can I'm good at collaborating. I can shoot ideas back and forth. And of course with my improv background, if we start workshopping something, I can usually find things to say Uh, and and a character arc to follow as we workshop but when it comes to you know that lonely hard uh stressful act that brave act of sitting down and writing a script i just can't do but yeah as a producer and then because hopefully i can produce something that i can actually act in and uh get some money for and then be known for that
2: right so absolutely so uh, the way i understand it, I seem to understand it, is that um, you sort of learned to act, be put very plainly, uh, you learned to act by just acting, by
0: doing acting from a very
2: young age.
0: It's absolutely true. Just by doing acting and watching others do it.
2: Okay, amazing. That's that's. Uh, I'm more excited to hear the answers to some of the questions I have for you now, knowing that. So would you say that you... Do you believe that you were born naturally talented at acting? Was it just in your blood? Or or what do you think?
0: Yes. I think that uh, I was born with a predisposition to be uh, a performer.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: A performing artist. Absolutely.
2: You're a musician as well, are you not?
0: Absolutely. I spent a number of years as lead singer and keyboard player for a rock band. Uh, We toured around the... um, the upper Midwest, uh, did that for a number of years. That's, um, that's while I was going to college and, uh, and coming out of high school. Um, so from, and then after that, then I, so I was in theater, then I got into music and then I got back into acting again after the music was done where I figured, yeah, I, because all my um, performances with the bands was all very theatrical. So I, I enjoyed performances like uh like um like Queen and Peter Gabriel and, and Genesis and yes, yeah, so all these very theatrical progressive music sort of uh sort of things. And really all I wanted to do was um was act, you know. I, I love this thing, but so I got out of that. Uh I did I had a band, we made an album, we toured around, the album didn't sell, nobody picked it up, and so I said, eh, I'll go back to acting. So I did.
2: Right, okay and um just because we're talking specifically about film um and tv acting uh that's not to say that you are not a very multifaceted actor you do theater as we talked about you're a successful voiceover actor uh puppeteer mm-hmm. i believe
0: absolutely yeah i've been doing uh, some puppeteering and uh and that's been interesting we just finished a uh the pilot for Adult Swim, Comedy Central's Adult Swim. So we're hoping that they give that the green light. And go. Uh, that's called uh, Funporium. And I, I have one of the lead puppets on that.
2: All right. I'm going to be on the lookout for that in the coming uh, months and years. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you think that you could put a finger on one or multiple traits that you have innately that that makes
0: you be a
2: good actor, not just an actor, but a good actor.
0: Um, I think that I will, um, this may seem kind of woo woo and, and kind of lossy, but I think that I have an emotional sensitivity to the general human condition. And I, mm-hmm. and I'm certainly not alone. I'm certainly not alone in having that skill. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, there are other traits that help that so a sensitivity to the human condition a sensitivity to, to, to the magic of storytelling I think um, there's some mimicking traits that I have
3: mm-hmm. I think
0: throughout my life I've I've had a I've had a, a problem <laughs> a good thing and a bad thing I've had a trait of being a sponge I, I absorb things start mimicking other people I, I um, some of my close friends I would, I would begin to talk like them or I would, yeah. I would take on some of their gestures and I would, I would claim them as my own. And there were, there were moments in my youth where I wasn't really sure what gestures or style of speaking was actually mine. And I, because I was mimicking other people as I went from social group to social group, uh, sure. sometimes mixing and mashing, uh, sometimes a big melting pot. So, so. Traits like that, seeing, uh, seeing something and being able to let it pass through me and out again and expressing it that way. Um, then the actor, so the actor, the real good actor's job is to take those, take those mannerisms that you've learned and absorbed and as a sponge over the years and make them your own, make them your own um, uh, expression so that they are honest, so that. It's coming from a place of integrity. It ultimately, ultimately, I, whoever I am, is more interesting than any trick or character I could impersonate or put on. Right. So if there's if there's a if there's a mannerism or a way of expressing an emotion or a way of speaking, um, I, I, I guess that 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 just has to be turned into more of a of an honest thing. It's got to sure. be me, you know. When I play Adolf Eichmann, that's a real character. It's a real dude. A horrible, horrible monster. So I, I, I thought there were mannerisms that I used to try to express who I thought he was. Uh, the 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 movie didn't really give me a chance to explore, you know, him as a as this multi dimensional character. There were only a few scenes that I got, but in those few scenes, I tried to try to figure out. What is it that he loved, and could I try to love that just for the moment, Uh, and then from there find out who he was? Fortunately, as as actors, we can some of us can compartmentalize our feelings, Mm -hmm. and we can fall in love with what that villain falls in love with, which leads us to what they hate, which leads us to how they act and behave in any situation, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, and then compartmentalize it so that we can go home at night and you know, kiss our partner and (laughs) kiss our baby and things like that after having, you know, after having spent the last 10 hours murdering someone. Uh, going a little deeper into this, um,
2: I was cast in a SAG indie film, um, here in Chicago and I am in the process of working on a character, building a character and I've been sort of obsessed with, um, Trying to find out how other actors do it. So so let's say can you break it down and I'm sure it's different all the time, but can you break it down into steps that you take from from when you are cast and they hand you a script and you haven't read it to the point where you are to to action?
0: Absolutely. Uh, in fact um there's a movie that I'm doing right now shooting next week and um they suddenly said oh, we want you to come over for a rehearsal and i had only uh, read I've, I've only had time to read the script and so then they wanted to do a screen test and they wanted to do um these rehearsals so i listened to the director so i got the script so step 1 is i of course read read the script all the way through and i try to read the script as many times as I can before the before we shoot, and then while we're shooting, what I'm looking for is uh, clues to the character. So okay. I I go through the script looking for what do other people say about my character, um, what does the what does the character do that, uh, as I said before, it's, uh, tends to show what they are attracted to. What do they love? What gets them? What gets them excited? What what drives them? Uh, what is their passion? And then from there, I can figure out what they might not like, um, who they might not like, what kind of person they might be attracted to or not attracted to. Um, and and you know sometimes if I have to work in a hurry, mm-hmm. I employ a trick, and the trick is. That I will go through the database, as we talked earlier, we talked about the sponge, and I will go through my database of uh, close friends, famous actors, uh, teachers I admire, personalities I admire, and I will cast the character I've been cast in with one of them. And if I, so if I cast, um, and, you know, and sometimes it's this, it's my imagination, so I can do whatever the fuck I want. So if I cast a, a Frankenstein's monster of my, my close friend, um, my close friend Peter and, uh, Anthony Hopkins and my drama teacher from high school and Ben Kingsley, I sort of, you know, I put that monster together and I walk, I walk that person through in my imagination and I workshop the character what would what would this what would ben kingsley do here what would mm-hmm. my buddy peter do here mm-hmm. uh and what would uh, what would anthony hopkins do here some of them are you know these these bigger personalities are are easy to pick we all know them and and we all have our different degrees of worshiping but after i watch let's say i i cast <laughs> anthony hopkins as the character i'm going to play i watch him go through all of the lines and all the scenes and and I may change that. I may say no, nope, it's not him. It's somebody else. And I cast somebody else. And I watch him go through those scenes. And I pick up what works. Mm-hmm. And it's like I workshop I workshop a script in my mind. And then I try to I to figure out what how true is that for me? Does that fit in my body without doing an impersonation? That's extremely important. This right. is my half. This is no, I've never heard anybody. Well, there was another buddy of mine who told me he de- he kind of does this too, but this is the way I figure things out. I take what I see in my imagination. I try to uh, have that sit in my body in an honest way. And I and then I try to work through it. Once I get on my feet, I try those things out that I was thinking about that I saw in my imagination and they either work or they don't, or I modify them or I alter, I alter them. And I every moment in front of the camera or rehearsing is constantly working on it revising it getting it down making sure it's something that I like and feels as real as possible i'll try to figure out what works for me there there are you know all all of this to say that um that's how i get going i mean eventually when it comes down to it it's me in that role and the big lesson that I've learned over time is that I am enough. I mean, I'm enough as an actor. And more importantly, I'm enough as a human being. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that actors have to keep on striving after their own ideal humanness. Cause mm-hmm. that's the only way we can really become good actors. Um, um, oh, this was the point I wanted to make. Be, along with the idea that I am enough. So in that character development, I understand, okay, you know, I'm enough. So if I just say this line, like I would say it, yeah. Uh, there's another component that I rely on. And I, you know, there are tons of people that are more successful than I am, and maybe yeah. they have a better way of doing it. But what I've discovered is that there's an audience there that has that constant every second is choosing and deciding things when they watch me. The 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 acting experience is a collaborative experience between the actor and the and the one who's viewing the actor. Mm-hmm. So the viewer will put things on me that I may not be putting out. Sure. The viewer the viewer will decide uh, how sad that scene is, how romantic that scene is, um, I'm going to try to be as honest as I can. And I know that when I'm acting, that's the the important thing is when I know, I know that when I'm acting, I'm not alone. Now, it's, it's, it can be more gratifying to throw that character out there in a theater because there's something immeasurable, there's an energy there that can instantly gratify each choice while I'm on a stage, uh, mm-hmm. maybe they laugh, maybe they cry, maybe you hear somebody gasp, uh, but you can feel there's a palpable energy that actors can feel mm-hmm. when you are on a set. It doesn't work that way. And you, and I have to get that energy from my fellow actors, from the director, from the crew, uh, they then become this sort of theater actor. Um, and And I think for beginning actors, they're going to That's the first thing they're going to go to. So right out of theater, they start doing, they start doing camera work. Immediately they find out, Oh, I can be smaller. Oh, I can do this. Where, and then finally, where am I going to get that gratifying audience energy? Cause there's no audience here. Mm -hmm. How do I do this? You can't get anything from the camera. So, eventually i think the more people do the more they get over it some get over it faster than others but there is a point at which there is a transition from feeling what's right feeling as a human being how right a character and a scene is working um in front of that camera in front of that cold machine Right, because um, all the crew they can't, you know, it's sound and they can't laugh and they can't do anything and they can't. Um, fortunately, with cameras, um, once you do a once you do a take, you can then turn to the director and say, "So, uh, is that getting close to what you want? <laughs> is right. that getting close to where we need to be?"
3: Right, um,
0: and so you can collaborate and and get there. It's, yeah. This is all very vague and rambly. I'm very very sorry.
2: No, no, not at all. No, not at all. I, uh, one thing that I've been, I mean, I am, I am constantly, I am, I have a lot of free time, Charles. (laughs) I do, um, I'm lucky enough to be able to do this, um, to be acting, and I do modeling work on the side, and I only do that. That's all I do. Granted, my apartment that I'm pacing around in is about the size of a um, Mini Cooper.
0: <laughs>
2: but Well, um, oh,
0: congratulations.
2: Um, it's, you, uh, are,
0: you are living the dream.
2: And I, I utilize that time by uh, trying to be productive. And I, I read a lot about um, acting and I watch. I, I try to soak up as much knowledge as I can. And I've been doing that. I mean, that's the reason we're talking right now. That's the reason I have this podcast because I, essentially it's a selfish reason. I want to know for me, I wanted an excuse to ask the questions that I don't hear get asked that I don't, I want this information and I don't, I can't get it. I can read it in books. I can read it in Mm -hmm. acting books. And then there's like the, uh, inside the actor studio on TV but that's basically just, I mean, the questions are, are rarely about the craft of acting. They're usually just about the actor's life, which is, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. sure it's very interesting to some people and it can be interesting to me. But what I want is I want to know, what ha- how do they act? How do they act? And um, anyways, it's a, very sort of very off question.
0: Yeah, it's a very difficult question to answer. How do, you, how do I act? The answer for many of us is just do. Now, my my English buddies who've all gone through school, they and and some American guys, they they can probably have a more educated answer. For me, for those of us that did not go through school and learned on the street, mm-hmm. we just do.
2: Well, that's actually um, a good segue into my next question, and I'm wondering: uh, is there a positive relationship between your ability? As an actor, like your actual ability to act on stage or on screen, has that grown proportionally with your career? And what I mean is, as you get better at acting, do you realize that your career has gone in the same direction?
0: So I'm often um, confused and uh, amazed at young people who reach such great heights of success as actors, performers when they don't when they're just very very young and sure. they haven't been through they haven't been through the shit you know it's right. hard to it's hard to take a uh a teenage blues player seriously um right. it's hard to take a 6 year old oscar nominee seriously no, i'm not i'm i'm not saying that what they did wasn't powerful and uh and didn't evoke uh emotions cuz ultimately that's that's all we really need. But I, I think that my acting ability has increased and got better over the years. It's, and I want to take away the word increase. I think it's just matured. It's just changed. Mm-hmm. And I think when I look at how I've changed and and the confidence I have in being an actor, that is proportionate with the things that I've achieved, the movies I've been in, the people that I've met the money that I've made, that sort of thing. What what sort of, what do I measure as success? Um, Those things are flags to how good I'm doing. The flip side of that is, you know, as Katselis will talk about, is the business of acting. We can be amazing actors, but how good are we at the business? So many good actors are not Good at business and reject it entirely because, and it's easy, it's seductive to do that. We don't want to get involved with networking, with promotion, with sure. the, the business of money.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And all of those things have to be considered if, if uh, a success as an actor, if you want success as an actor, um, yeah. you know, even I'm just hearing many, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a big uh, screen actor as some of these guys are, Um, I've been in the same room with people like that. Uh, But what I'm doing is bread and butter stuff. You know, I'm successfully working in voiceover and and industrials and internal corporate videos and hosting live events for hundreds to thousands of people um, and, and earning a living. Yeah. Because I'm because I'm cluing in being honest. I'm I'm. My integrity is always something that I work on. And my business sense and networking and and being a team player, I'm always working on that. So I I think Katselis' idea of administration is just as important uh, as the actual acting is.
3: So I I think
0: that's – you know, David Mamet says it's all well and good if you're the best actor in the world. But um, if you're just sitting at home by the phone, uh, nothing's going to happen. You have yeah. to you have to bravely get out there and get to know people, network with network with with people, make some friends, you know, and and uh, and start be a content creator.
2: Sure. Well, this is a question that's sort of uh, I don't know. It's a it's a hot topic for me at the moment because I had one of those days where I was um I was a sure I was a shoe in for a uh, a nice very nice paying job. My agent basically told me that it was a sure thing and I'm sure he huh. thought it was a sure thing and uh, I didn't get it, which is okay. I mean, sure, I think I actually deal with rejection pretty well for the most part. I mean, I, I, I don't get crushed. I mean, I get bummed out. Sure. But I don't get yeah. crushed the way that I think some people do. And I'm wondering, hmm. um, I'm wondering how, how do you, Personally, deal with rejection, and I'm asking you, number one, just as a as a fellow actor, just the way I would ask anybody, even if somebody was just starting and they'd booked one job in their life, I'd still be interested in the question. But also, I'm wondering, does it get easier as you've been in it longer and you you maybe have have reached a level of success where you where you're comfortable?
0: Yeah, there's probably a couple of factors. One would be. How comfortable do I feel, uh, financially with my career that I can, I can feel good about walking away from something? Mm -hmm. Uh, the other, uh, the other example is, um, how attached am I to the outcome? If I'm not attached, not in a, uh, not in a way like, well, I I didn't need that job anyway, you know, it's, but it's really of, I'm going to go, I'm not going to go to that audition. I'm going to go to a meeting where I'm going to tell them, and this is not my original idea, I'm not going to go to an audition. I'm going to go to a meeting where I'm going to show them how I would do this character. Sure. And I may or may not sit right with that, with that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and things get complicated, like your agent saying, oh, this is totally a shoe-in. Or I've gone to auditions where the storyboard on the audition wall was a drawing of me. <laughs> and I didn't get the job. I didn't get the job. Uh, And so I have had to just simply shrug. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a public personality in, in some ways. Um, They can use my image if they they want, they want to draw a picture of me. That's fine. But when it comes down to it, I, I try to, um, it's like, what would my mom say? Well, did you do the best you could? Sure. Yeah, I did the best I could. You know, did you, did you make friends with the people in the office? Yeah, I did. I think they like me. I think the office would call me back. Well, that's your job then. Your job is not to get the gig. It's to book that office. It's to make sure that that office knows who you are and would definitely call you back again. So um you, I try to get as many no's as possible because the more no's I get, that yes is following close behind. I know it's coming.
2: Would you say that you do get bothered though by, um, by, by a rejection? I mean, when you, does it still hit you? I mean, do you still have to deal with it?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm no Buddha. I would, uh, um, you know, there's, there's moments where it's, where there's nothing going on. I hit a few auditions and nothing's happening. So it's, you know, it's not like the one audition that didn't work out. It's that all these auditions, I'm not booking the, the thing. what, you know, weeks have gone by and I'm getting nothing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I try to look back on, I, I have to reassess. I treat myself to something nice. I, uh, I, I'm kind of a geek, so I like playing video games, I try to distract mm-hmm. myself, um, I go work out. I, I try to try to work on myself sure. and, uh, yeah, I, and I do try to treat myself to something nice, to something fun. Because I and I don't want 'cause I don't want to sit and suffer because that, that won't get me anywhere. Right. Oh, yeah. They didn't want me. That's cool. There's gonna be something else. I'm right for a ton of other things.
2: While we're in this sort of topic, I guess. Um do you have any stories and feel free to uh deny this question if you want to, but do you have any <laughs> um stories of just brutal auditions for one reason or another or
0: Yeah, I'm I i have not had too many um too many terrible auditions uh i've been you know real i go in real nervous uh go in and maybe flub lines or something like that but there was a theater audition that i had uh for the rocky horror show it's uh-huh. gonna be a live theater show and i had already i'd done 10 weeks performing as riffraff in the rocky horror show mm-hmm. i had come you know i'd done years of um of singing in bands, being lead singer for bands. And I I was known for being able to sing quite high. We did a lot of Journey and uh, Kansas and Rush and Yes and stuff like that when I sang. So I went to this audition. It was at a really big theater in the Twin Cities. And uh, it was going to be high exposure. It was going to be, I thought, I put on it that it was going to be a big deal. It was a fine deal, but I really wanted to do it. And I, I thought, well... I've done it before. I'm gonna kick ass. I went into that audition. I dressed like riff raff. I had leather pants on. I had a tuxedo jacket on, uh, and I went in there as a as a rocker. And I fucked up the song. Fucked it up. I my voice cracked. I I was off key. It was as if I it was as if I didn't show up. <laughs> it, was, it was like to me. It was like I was some other actor auditioning for a role that they saw me in. <laughs> sure. And so I thought it was gonna, And I walked in there. Oh, I thought this was, I'm going to, I'm going to book this. Yeah. There's no way they're not going to hire me. All yeah. I had to do is sing um some, some bars from that, the very last song where he changes into his, uh his alien wear and shoots everybody. Um, And it just, I fucked it up. So yeah. it was embarrassing. And, and actually, you know, we're talking about rejection. I have not auditioned for a musical since. Now, that's one reason for that is that I am focusing on my brand, my type. My type and my brand is no longer in music. I'm far more successful in the non-musical areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, um, you know, I grew up doing musicals. I That's where I... That's a lot of learning, high school, college, musicals, you know, the band. I, I, you know, performed for hours and hours at night singing these, wailing these banshee songs. And, um, I guess, I guess I didn't have it anymore. <laughs> so that was, that's probably my worst audition story. It's interesting. It, um, reminds me of a commercial
2: audition that I had, uh, a couple of months ago or something. And, um, it was probably my worst audition, my worst performance ever. Uh, in an audition, it was like what you described. I mean, I I just, Hmm. I basically just didn't do anything right. I didn't do anything that I wanted to do. Nothing happened the way I wanted to. But I'll tell you, I walked into that audition thinking, this job is mine. I am going to kill this. (laughs) (laughs) And it's strange, like, I don't know why, I don't know if it had anything to do with the fact that I was thinking like that. Or maybe I was so confident that I didn't, I didn't go back and, and check my stuff and make sure that I had enough ideas or the right ideas or, or I didn't practice enough or something. But I went in there yeah. thinking, I'm going to kill this. And I walked out thinking, I don't ever want to audition for anything again in my life.
3: <laughs>
2: and that lasted right. for about seven minutes. And then I had a coffee yeah. and I called my mom and I was all right
0: yeah that's always good. calling the mom or calling the the wife or the you know the the partner um calling a buddy and getting the getting the pep talk and then you know getting right back up again. Why do we fall so we can get back up again? you know uh video games are an awesome lesson for life because when I die in a video game, just get back up and do it again
2: yeah.
3: uh, sure. the, the
0: video game character video game character doesn't moan and 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 dip himself in shame and, you know, try to cut his wrist. He just gets back up. He's ready to go. That's what we do. So I want to know,
2: this is sort of a cliche question and probably pretty hard to answer, but I'm going to, I'm going to put you through it anyway. And that is if you could, what do you think the most, the single best piece of advice that you could give to somebody who is just starting out and they are, they are sure that they want to make a career as an actor, a lifelong career. It's what they want to do. What would you tell them? What is the biggest piece of advice that will get
0: them the furthest? Um, always say yes. Be open to every possibility and audition for as much as you possibly can. Get that job that will enable you to uh, eat and pay your rent uh, and your car insurance and work for free, um, especially while you're young. Uh, Do those overnights. Do those uh, you know. Do those things where you're on set for 15 hours. Say yes. Right. If you don't have the experience, do a lot of student film. Try to attend some classes, Uh, but you have to you have to do i admire you lee because i've you've always talked about how much you read and i'm i'm anxious to listen to your podcast because of all the um the vast knowledge that you've acquired by doing an amazing amount of reading i've never i've read a few pages of stanislavski I, i've never read through it i um i basically know the the the, the dummies version of uh, stanislavski um the advice that I would have would be just get out there and do it. Uh, work with directors, the the good ones and the bad ones, just mm-hmm. work through it and then move on to the next project. Mm-hmm. And that'll, that'll learn your craft.
2: Just do as much as you possibly can. Yeah, I agree with that. Just do as much and as you can. You know what? I, um, I, I don't think that, I think that reading about acting is probably the worst possible way to act. Um, <laughs> I read about it because I'm interested in it and because it does help. I definitely have gotten better. I mean, um, I've I've gotten better based on principles that I've learned that I've read about and then really thought about. But um, I'm sure that acting trumps reading about acting any day of the week. And I'm trying to do as much acting as I can. That's why I want to get into theater and, and and, uh, continue with the uh, doing as much film as I can book. And all that.
0: So yeah. I mean we, we we should endeavor to we should endeavor to continue to learn. Always. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We should always be learning. And if we're not doing, we should be reading. Mm-hmm. Um and, and 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 vice versa. We should we should be doing all of those things. Doctors continue to read articles, they continue to people continue to go to workshops and classes in their own professions, learning to be better at what they do. And we should be reading uh, method books. We should be reading interviews. We should be reading biographies, uh, and and just just sort of exposing ourselves to things. Not trying to take them on or memorize them, but but it's it's like reading some sort of um, you know Buddhist scriptures. It, you you read it and you just sort of expose yourself to it. Sure. Uh, and you don't sure. try to to. Um, you know, instill it or memorize it or make it uh, something, make it rote. You just, uh, yeah, you just sort of absorb it, and then you sort of let it go and see how it fits with your life. So, you know, Ben Kingsley talks about his extensive science background, and he approaches his acting like a science. So he has uses uh, scientific method for himself to figure out what he's going to do and how he's going to approach a character. Um, I find that fascinating. And, and to get to that point, I think includes a lot of reading. It includes a lot of very specific questions. If that, if, if that is your path, um, there are other, you know, there are actors who like Martin Short, it's, is famously known for working through everything he's going to do in the scene as a choreography. He, he makes sure he knows exactly what he's going to do every minute on that camera. And, you know, there may be some flexibility because he's he's a human being and he he's open to certain things to be spontaneous. And then there are other people uh, who get in front of the camera and it, it is spontaneous and maybe um, maybe they figure it out once they get there. Now, it's important that we do the same things on each take so that you can finish the damn job. Sure. You don't want to do completely different things every take. So you do want to do something uniform, but the, for me, um, I, there may be subtle differences between each take, especially after I collaborate with a director or director of photography. And I I change a little bit here and there. Maybe I do plan how I'm going to make a scene. But you know what? At the end of the day, Oscar winners know it. Everybody knows it. The editor is the one that makes our performance. Mm -hmm. Um, We can Uh be as awesome as, and you need to be a great actor to be on, on camera, but the editor is going to finally make how we all watch you. Sure. So that's, that's another bit of that collaboration that, um, that I was talking about earlier, the thing that, um, Pointing to what Bill Paxton calls, uh, building the barn. Acting is a craft. Acting is a community craft. And, uh, there are a lot of people in it. I may, I may bring, uh, a lot of skills and talents to, to perform that character, but there's a lot of other things going on that ultimately make that character what it is. Now,
2: this is, um, this is a question, and I probably think about this question. Uh, I probably ponder this more time than I do any other question or any other topic um, about acting. And that is because I have, I have heard drastically opposing opinions on this topic, or at least the way that I understood them. And maybe I understood them the way that they weren't meant to be understood, but
3: mm.
2: is, is the best that you can, that you can possibly do a performance when you're, when you're on screen, the way that the person would do it in life. Is that the, is that the definition of the best possible thing to do it the exact way that that person or a person or you or your character would actually do it in life? Or is there more? Do you have to add more? Is it different than life?
0: First of all, it is different in life, but the answer to your question is varying degrees. And uh, I think it's in varying degrees because there are different uh, scripts, different stories, different genres, different things you know that we do when we're acting in a porno. We're going to have sex completely different than normal people uh-huh. because it we're because in a we're telling a story on there. I've never done porno. This is just what I'm I'm I believe. If we're doing, if if um, if I'm doing Ace Ventura, it's going to be very different than doing The Shining or Taxi Driver or Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Completely right. different. So um, I think if you're doing Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, you're going to be more real. Uh-huh. If you're doing if you're doing um, Born Identity, uh, Ace Ventura, you know it, it's going to be it's going to be different. You know, meet the Fockers, It's going to be a little different. There's no way that there's no way to answer that uh, that question concretely. No, that makes sense. So but okay, I'm not, a, I'm not an Oscar-winning actor, so there may be <laughs> there may be PhD actors who <laughs> have a better thing. All sure. I know is how I approach my own career. Sure,
2: sure. Speaking of you and your career, if uh, if you Personally, in your career, on your path, um, if you had the opportunity to go back in time and 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 sit down with yourself as a young young guy who's just starting out acting or 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 the guy who has decided that he wants to be an actor as a career and that 's what he wants to do as a living, what would you tell him? What would you tell that guy
0: I would tell him to uh I would tell him to cut his hair <laughs> get over his ide- his idealism get out there and uh and just do the work whatever's out there um i would tell him i would tell him that he is enough the way he is he doesn't need tricks, and i would tell him and i would tell him very human things that I now look back on my life and regret certain beliefs. You know, for me, on my human path, which makes me the actor that I am, um, I regret I regret uh, spending so much energy on um, uh, certain spiritual beliefs, certain um, certain uh, insecurity personality beliefs. But these are all part of growing up. If I didn't sure. have those things, and if I didn't stumble through those things, um, I wouldn't wouldn't be where I am now. Mm-hmm. And that also and that also leads to the idea that I don't I often don't deal in the hypothetical. Um, mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm am I'm a realist. Uh, I'm a skeptic, and I am an agnostic, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I really just deal with what's in front of me. Wow. Well, I want to uh, I want to thank you. It
2: has been a pleasure. I have one question left, and this is um this this might be the this is either gonna be the easiest question or the hardest question you've had yet um, You're in good company if you have a hard time answering it, but this is it. What do you know for sure
0: <clears throat> Nothing what I know for sure is that. God in the spiritual world cannot be measured and cannot be known. What I know for sure is that there's no magic. It's just us. And what I know for sure is that the most amazing, beautiful, uh, cathartic, sublime, that we can create comes from the very raw humanness in all of us.
1: Other than that, I don't know shit. Charles Hubble will be in Frankie and Johnny at the Theater Garage in Minneapolis starting November 4th. I highly recommend you go see him. If you enjoy this podcast and it's beneficial for you and you'd like me to keep doing these and releasing them for free, uh, do me a favor. Please go to audibletrial.com actionpodcast action podcast and sign up for a free 30-day trial. Make sure you do it on your laptop. It won't work on your phone. You'll get a free audiobook download just for signing up. A couple of titles I recommend are Ron Morosco's Notes to an Actor and Uta Hagen's Respect for Acting. Those were two books that have been extremely beneficial for me in my career. Uh, I get a small kickback, and it's going to be just enough for me to continue to do these uh, podcasts and release them for free. I'm Lee Foster, and thanks everyone for listening.